And boom, we are live. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Doing doing well, man. Doing well. It is a nice day today. I mean, I haven't seen outside yet, but I'm assuming it's a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as yesterday here, at least. It was snowing crazy, but getting better. <laughs> so first of all, bro, congrats, man. You, you hit 3 million followers today. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, frankly speaking, it was actually a, a, a week or so ago or... Some of the guys haven't, I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to post it yet. But yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's great, man. Yeah, it's just, I remember like, I think like when I first met you, you were around like three or four hundred thousand. I was around like maybe like a hundred thousand followers. And now yeah, it's it just like, like it was yeah. crazy, man. What a crazy growth. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I, you know what I don't like? And it's something we always talk about it's the people who always copy our content word for word. Like, literally yeah. steal it and post it on their page. I'm like, man, like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit frustrating. Um, you know, I've been catching some people like that doing it. But, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the game, I guess. It's part of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you know what bothers me? It's not like these people are also doing really well by stealing our contents. It's not That's like they're true. getting a few views. They're, they're, doing, they're gaining millions of followers off the content mm-hmm. we make. And I'm like, man, that's just, that's kind of despicable. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've chatted about that, about like some people that are doing it, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I guess, I think, I think the difference has to be in our style, you know, in the way that we do it, you know, the way we deliver the content with our own kind of flair, our own kind of style. They can't copy our voice, our face, our mannerisms. They could try, but it won't be the same. You know, so I think that's what we have to start kind of focusing a bit more on, which is something I've been kind of leaning towards. More manners and like more stylistic contents. Yeah, just my own kind of adding my own flair, having making my own flair something that someone can't copy. You know, they can copy the same story, but you know, the stories that I've seen, they haven't done better than my stories. I guess none that I've seen, at least, just because I think I have like a different kind of flair way of doing it. Yeah, it's good, and just you know? yeah. man, like especially like the past, I would say like two months or so on uh, like TikTok has been changing a lot. This app is just yeah. it's going through a lot of changes, and videos aren't going as viral as they used to anymore. It's now harder to gain followers than before, but it's just the way, it's just what it is. Like, I feel like it's now that they're, everyone's on the app, everyone's making contents. There is so much content to see. TikTok mm-hmm. just isn't prior, prioritizing our videos like they used to anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's also, there's a lot of storytellers, a lot of stuff like that. So, you know, it's something that we got to just learn to grow and adapt with, um, and I honestly think each one, each time, like there are still stories that we do that you know, hit the millions of views. And I think it comes down to the, just the content, right? So we just have to come up with content that we like, that you think that people are going to like and stuff. And right now it's more hit or miss, you know, before we would average, we'd have a really high average. Now the average is significantly dropped, but you know, still just pumping out stuff and something's going to stick, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. It's got to keep trying, right? And one thing I like that you're doing is you're giving back to local businesses during these hard times and during the quarantines, right? Can you talk? Can you talk a bit more about like how you got like how you got started with that? Yeah, of course. So, for those that don't know, um, I recently did this thing where I offered three different businesses business owners that have been struggling a thousand dollars US each just to help out. And so, you know, I was like, I've been super lucky, man. Like, I've run businesses for a while. Um, I don't know if we chatted this on the last podcast, but ever since 20, well, I failed miserably in 2016, but I figured out my stuff in 2017. I started to build 
you know, um, a real estate company in the U.S. And um, my main thing, which is online marketing and an online marketing firm. And I've been really able to grow it quite a bit, um, substantially, really, in the last three years. This has actually been my best year ever. So um, I've added a lot of other things to it. And I've just, I'm just working on new businesses and building things all the time. So I'm like busy, but all of my businesses, not all of them, but most of them have not been hit by this pandemic, right? And, um, you know, I started to get really upset and really frustrated with how, frankly speaking, the government's been handling things. Um, I don't find it fair. I don't find it right, um, which is a completely different conversation, I guess, that we get into. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing those kinds of things if I was um, the one in charge, but I hate politics and I'm not going to get into anything like that. Um, but it bothers me that people um, are struggling so much. They've worked so hard. I know how hard it is to start a business. I know how hard it is to, um, you know, put your blood, sweat, tears, and money, a lot of money into businesses. And there's no safety net a lot of the time. You, you, you know, you're putting all this in, you're working really hard to get it going and you finally get it going. And then the government shuts you down. The first one, I get it. We don't understand it. But now that we understand it more, I think this doesn't make any sense. So it starts to really bother me. And I was like, you know, I'm lucky. I want to be able to give back. And I was just literally taking a shower. The exact same way I thought about doing TikTok. <laughs> um, apparently, I think of the best things in the shower. So I was just in the shower and I was really annoyed. But then I was like, how can I help? What can I do? And then I started seeing that guy, Adamson Barbecue. I don't know if you heard of him. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So basically, for those who don't know, he's someone in Toronto that started that basically just despite all the regulations, all the rules, he just opened up and cops came, shut him down, find him, long story, all that kind of stuff. Anyways, he got enough funding, he got like $270,000 from donations. I was like, you know, it's great. And I, I had actually, prior to that, prior to me even getting any fines, as soon as he did that, I was like, look, I respect what you're doing. I DM them. I was like, but I'm happy to help if something comes up, um, like with fines and stuff. But then um, they got so much and I was like, you know what? That's great. They have enough and I'm not going to match $270,000. <laughs> so um, why don't I go and try to help people that are also struggling that aren't really in the limelight? And so that's how that started. And so far I've helped. I found one person that, um, you know, I sent, I was able to kind of help them out with a thousand dollars. And I just got so many DMs that it's hard for me to go through it, but I'm, I'm really open to go through it tomorrow, to be honest, today and tomorrow and pick the other ones. And also I've had some other business owners reach out to me that have also been doing well. And uh, we're chatting to see if we can just hopefully increase that from three to maybe four or five or six people. So I'm trying to start something like that and, you know, tell people out in this tough time, you know, before Christmas too, it's just, it's hard. So I want to help out as much as I can. That's good for you, man. Like I, I'm honestly, man, congrats. Like, I mean, good for you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should say congrats or good for you for doing that, but like, good for you for doing that man that's just that is so important because yeah i mean not, not not a lot of people have the opportunities you have and like just you to give back to them especially during these hard times it's 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 remarkable man thank you absolutely man. Yeah. and I mean, honestly the do you know who tony robbins is yes yeah so i i like tony robbins man i, I love his content um he's got like i don't know I, i've been to a few of his events he's an amazing amazing speaker and he's very good at i mean his his ideas are great in my opinion. Um, and one of the things that he said that always stuck to me, the secret of living is giving, you know, the secret to get true happiness is to give. And I've always kind of felt that like, you know, when you give like to certain things, but it's, kind of, it's also different when you could literally see who you're giving money to instead of giving it to charity and stuff. So 
you know, in a lot of ways, it's just so good for me too. I, I enjoy it. I, I love doing that kind of stuff. It's people that really deserve it. So, you know, I, I'm, I enjoy the whole process of it. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I get a lot out of it too, is what I'm trying to say. That's great, man. Yeah, And yeah, Tony Robbins is, I mean, one of the things I envy about that guy is his voice. That guy has like one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, just the way he can like command a room with his voice. I'm like, man, that guy is just. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one of the best speakers I've ever seen. Um, he's really good, man. He's good live. You should check out, well, once COVID is over. Um, I'm definitely going to go to an event as soon as I can. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool, man. It's really cool. He's very Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Yeah, and now, like, uh, well, this morning I found out that my hometown of Istanbul, Turkey, where I was born, they're now back in quarantine as well. One of the largest cities in Europe, you mm-hmm. know, and Toronto is in quarantine. Uh, I mean, where, where I'm living now in Calgary, they don't really care too much about it at the right at the moment right now. Mm-hmm. But we got hot spots, you know, like springing up all over the city. We got outbreaks happening uh, on ski resorts, in retirement homes. So it's like clear this problem is not over yet. And mm-hmm. I was talking about it with uh, Dr. Dr. Curran Rajan as well uh, a few weeks ago. And yeah. how like in the news we hear about, all about a vaccine talk and a vaccine's coming out soon. It's going to be out soon. It's like it's not going to be here probably to like at least for people like us, like people in our 20s, probably to like the spring. Mm-hmm. She's also, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's time. So it's, it's ways away. It's not like, it's not like, yeah. it's not like it's around the corner or anything like that. True. And it just, it's just remarkable how different governments are handling this disease. For example, like Australia, what they did is they had, I believe a four month lockdown in some, in some cities like, uh, like Melbourne, they had like a four month lockdown there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they pretty much got rid of all the cases. And COVID yeah. is essentially gone. However, they lost a million jobs in the in the entire country, and in in a country like twenty two million people population, a million jobs is a lot. Hell yeah, hell yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So yeah, I mean, I don't know as much about this stuff as Doctor Cran. I mean, he, he's obviously a surgeon, so he knows this stuff way more than I do. But I, you know, at our age, even if we catch it, we'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like. That's why I'm not so worried about myself getting a vaccine. It's more just like the older generation, you know? So um, there's a lot of talk about, is a vaccine rushed? Is it like, um, is it safe? All that kind of stuff. And you know, the thing is like, it, it is very, very fast, but I think it's, I think there's so much money and there's so much focus behind it that with that much money, things can speed up. So I'm not so as worried about that, but the thing for me is, as long as the older generation gets vaccin- vaccinated, um, as long as it eventually comes to us, like, I honestly don't care if it takes, like, five years for me to get vaccinated. Even if I catch it, I just don't care. If, as long as older people, the people that are actually susceptible to it could, like, um, as long as they get vaccinated first, I mean, that's that's okay with me. Well, yeah, priority will be given to them and the people who are working on the front lines 100%. to make sure. And, I mean, yeah, that that is the way it should be. That's the way it should go. Because, yeah, as you said, like, they do deserve it first. But, yeah. man, it's just like... We're going to be fine. Like, if you and I catch it, like, <laughs> first of all, we might not even feel, know that we have it. Um, or we might have a bad flu. Man, I had, a, I had a flu one time, bro. It was so bad. This was in um, the end of 2019. So before COVID, before all this stuff. It was actually, like, I don't know, um, maybe, like, September of 2019. Bro, I had a flu that was so bad. I started to get ulcers all over my mouth. I was bedridden, bro. I had cold sweats. Jeez. I had like a 42 degree. Yeah, it was insane. Like it was like the worst flu ever. And like, 
ever since then, honestly, every other flu that I've had or sickness I've had has been like literally like a little like tap on the shoulder or something, you know? So we're young, so we can take it. And I know COVID, a lot of people can get in different variations, right? People can get it really bad or not so bad. I know someone that got it. He is immunocompromised. Um, he's young like us, but he is immunocompromised. Um, so for people who don't know, that means like his immune system has like some issues. Um, and he got it bad. He started to get like hallucinations because he had a high fever. But he was like, yeah, in like a week, I was fine. And that's the thing. Like at our age, I think we're okay. You know, we're lucky. It's not like the Spanish flu where Spanish flu killed so many people, but they're people our age. You know, Dude, like so, if if that if the I wonder how how the like how the current reaction would be if this uh, COVID nineteen was as deadly as the Spanish flu was, and if it targeted young people. That's an interesting. That's an interesting point. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer because the thing is, it is it is that was a much deadlier flu. Um, also, it was very hidden from the public because it was during the war. It wasn't even didn't even come from Spain. The only reason that that they called it Spanish flu is because. Spain was the first place because Spain was not in World War One, so they're the, they're the first place to actually even uh, report it. Everywhere, every other country, um, what's it called? When they stopped the reporters from talking about it. Um, anyways, they basically stopped the reporters from from talking about it in America and England and like all across Europe because they didn't want to seem like the weak country. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't come from Spain. A lot of people think like it, I don't know. They don't know where it came from. You know so. It's interesting that you know that that happened, but it was a much oh, worse flu. Killed people our age, which hurts the economy more. It, it's it's hard to say, but it, it is what it is, you know. So I think it would have been a different reaction than what we got. That's gotta suck for like people from Spain. It's like it didn't even come from there, but everyone thinks it did. And on a hundred years later, like exactly. I, I just found that out now. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy. It's crazy. People have no idea. It did not come from Spain. It's been proven. But oh they my goodness. Report about it. <laughs> crazy. Man, like, if you, like, for example, like, go on, like, uh, you know, like, Breitbart or, like, OANN, uh-huh. like, those, those like, far-right, like, news art, news outlets, sure, yeah. if you go on their websites, they have this, like, tab at the top, you know, like, like where it's, like, sections, like, politics, world, whatever, whatever, their, their tab for COVID-19 is China virus, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's what everyone's seeing when they click on it, China virus. Yeah, yeah I mean, I guess Trump coined it, and it kind of stuck, um, I don't know. It's kind of interesting also to know how that all started because Trump didn't start calling it China virus. Trump was calling it coronavirus until one thing that happened where um, I don't remember what kind of representative. I don't remember the name, the title of the representative, but it was a representative of China, representative of the Chinese government, where he then turned and said that the U.S. that um, the COVID-19 actually came from U.S. soldiers. And as soon as he did that, Trump changed his tune and change it from calling COVID, calling it the China virus. So it's kind of interesting to also keep, to like kind of keep that note because people don't really realize what makes people do certain things. So I always thought that was really interesting that like it was not always called that. And then China kind of tried to fight back and Trump, you know, Trump, that's one thing you always, you know, love him or hate him. He's like, he always stands for America first, 100%. You know, yeah. so, I mean, we're not American, so to us, it doesn't really make a big difference, but um, <laughs> it is interesting. It's an interesting uh, kind of tidbit of info, I think. Man, I am just like blown away with like what Trump is doing right now. Like, I don't know if you've been like reading like his Twitter lately or, or like or like reading about him. Mm. He is still trying to convince you, convince people that the election was rigged. I'm like, mm. what? 
Like, yeah, I don't know much about it. I don't know. I actually haven't been following it to be honest. Cause, um, Oh my God. You know, there's certain things that I look for, for my businesses and stuff. And once certain moves happen, I have to just, I mean, nothing, it won't really change anything unless something changes, you know? So for me watching, it's just going to take my energy. So I don't really focus on it now. I was during the election time. I was watching every single day, but um, now that I think it's done, I guess maybe it's not. I mean, I don't know. Dude. I think it is, but Trump doesn't think so. <laughs> I thought it was too, but dude, like I've been following it like pretty closely and this guy is just like still 100% uh, like posting and talking as if the election was completely rigged. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, we're still on this. It's been almost a month since like this election. And he's still talking about how it was rigged, how this should happen. I'm like, just how did this guy get elected in the first place? And like, and you look around the world and there are many people like him who just think they have all the power. They run the world, but once they lose it, it's gone. It's, yeah. It can be gone just I mean, like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about, I, I did hear that they had like some kind of proof or something or some, I don't know, something in Georgia. Just recently I saw something on, on Instagram, but I didn't look at it. It was apparently some kind of video of someone having ballots in suitcases. I don't know what it is. I know there is some weird stuff that did, from what I saw, there was some fishy stuff in the election, but I don't know if it's enough to sway it. I don't know anything about it. Like I said, I haven't been focusing on it that much. Um, but in terms of how he did get elected, I mean, he has like the most loyal base out of anyone that I've ever seen pretty much, you know? So um, he's, I mean, he is very good at certain things. And one thing that he's very, very good at is although people will disagree with me 100% until they hear me out till the end, I think he's great at communication. And here's what I'm trying to say, because people say, no, he can barely like speak. He's like, he mumbles his words all the time, but that's, so I'm in marketing, okay? So one of the big things that I do is I'll write landing pages and all that kind of stuff. And it's been proven without a shadow of a doubt that if you want to convince the most number of people you have to speak in a very low grade language. And that's just how people are talking. Like you and I, if we were writing an essay, we wouldn't be writing, we wouldn't be speaking the way we're speaking now, you know? So really there are actually tools you can use online. And what you aim for is a grade four level. If you're writing any marketing landing pages, anything like that. That's why even when we're doing TikToks, we should try to stay like basic, not, not use super fancy words or anything like that. That's not going to really connect. You know, it's not going to land with the most people. So, um, speaking at a very low level actually does work. So I think that's why he got elected the first time. Um, he was good at that. He was good at connecting. He um, really hit on a lot of fears from a lot of Americans. So, you know, it is what it is. He, I think that's why he did it. Um, but apparently America didn't like the way that he ran it for those four years. So he looked into uh, other things. Did you hear about that one? Uh, I think it was Hungarian politician who recently stepped down. Uh, he was like this, oh. like... He was like this anti-gay, anti-immigration politician in in in. Oh, in, in, and then he got right? caught in like the um, he got caught in the uh, all male like orgy. Or yeah, something. he got caught yeah, in the male I did, orgy. I did see that. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's insane. And um, apparently, like, <laughs> and apparently, yeah. like when when the well, like when the cops first came, I, I don't know, if, I don't know if you like read the whole story, but like when the cops first came, he made sure to hide, and he made sure like to make sure they couldn't see him, and he tried escaping out a window. No way! And somebody, somebody recognized him, and That's then the crazy. cops caught him. That's crazy. I honestly, I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw the headline on like Six Buzz or something. Um, <laughs> but that's that's actually crazy. I didn't know it was like that. It's funny, man. Ever since like. 
um, we were young, like they always said, like the most homophobic people um, probably have like, have like, you know, homosexual tendencies and they're scared of showing it. So they show the complete opposite. And apparently that guy's just proven that that is a reality. So I don't know. Bro, I got a feeling that like in the next few months, we're going to be hearing, hearing uh, news about Rudy Giuliani for, uh, about, about that. Something's going <laughs> to pop off. Did he, did he watch, um, Bor um, yeah, Borat's movie? Oh my goodness. <laughs> That was crazy. Oh I don't know how he gets away with all this stuff, man. It's insane. I don't either, man. I don't need like how do we how do these people have such long leashes? They just get away with everything. For real. And For meanwhile, real. we fucking say we fucking check off one wrong box on the form and all of a sudden like like all, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Um Sasha Baron Cohen is actually a genius. Like he's like he he was like Oxford educated, he has like degrees, like he's a smart freaking guy. Which is why he's so good at it, because he's got such a rare um, arsenal of skills. He's so smart, but he's so good at impersonations, acting, and comedy, and just being like doing those characters that he can take out the best parts of from like he can basically make someone um, kind of show the part that he wants them to show that they usually won't show, and he can make it in the funniest way possible. Which I think is why he gets away with so much. But you know, he's so good at that stuff. There was a video, actually one of the best videos that I've ever, like that I've seen in a long, long time, uh, of this roundtable with uh, Jim Carrey, Sasha Baron Cohen, Don Cheadle, um, the guy from the old uh, Henry Winkler, and okay, they had like a roundtable for like an hour, hour and a half talk, uh, like in a roundtable. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Damn, that's I didn't even know about. That. I haven't seen that. And what like, talk about like acting. They talk about acting. They talk about their life. They talk about how they got started, how how they got influenced by each other. And to hear, especially Sasha Baron Cohen, like he probably, in my opinion, sounds like the smartest person in that entire group. Like you said, really, yeah, he's like I mean, he's a smart guy. And he's talking about how like Jim Carrey's right there, like how how much of an inspiration Jim Carrey was for him starting up, and everything he did. And to hear like Jim Carrey give him like give him his approval, you know, talk about how much he loves Sasha Baron Cohen's work. I'm like, man, it's it's like your childhood for sort of comes together in a way. That's crazy. That's so cool, man. I love seeing that. I'll watch that actually sometime this week. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's 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 great. It's great. Just like put it on, like have it on in the background. It's it's freaking awesome. Nice. Yeah, nice. and uh and I, I also like especially how in this round table they had uh like the moderator, she just like let the guys talk like they wanted to talk. She wasn't trying to like control what they were saying, she just wanted them to have the authenticity when they spoke. And it was just very genuine coming from all the actors. And I'm like, man, this is like one of the best videos, best videos I've seen in a, in a while. I love that, man. It's the awesome. moderator makes a big difference. I like that. Every single time. Oh, and my favorite quote from them was this. <laughs> I think it was Henry, Wink Henry Winkler who said it. He said, I, I imagine hell to be a place where people chase you for selfies, like for, for eternity. Ha. Honestly, man, I have not had to deal with that, so I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Thankfully, I haven't had to either. But man, I can just <laughs> I can just imagine. It's like if people were chasing me around for selfies every single fucking time I went anywhere, I'd fucking I'd fucking lose it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's the thing. Like a lot of these celebrities, a lot of the time they're like inundated with people trying to take pictures of them, and sometimes they just have to say like, "No, I don't want to. I'm sorry, guys. I just cannot do it." Um, but I guess it's something when you experience it enough, then you'll know what it's like. For me, I, I don't even know how that could be, how that could feel. So I have no idea. <laughs> For me, it was like more so like the comments and like the likes, especially the comments, I would say, because like I had a time where I was pretty much reading every single comment that was posted on any of my videos just to see what it was. 
And I realized early on, I'm like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Just because it's, it's gonna idea. it's gonna sway you subconsciously one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's and, terrible. Like, especially, you know, um even it's it sucks because like you'll literally read and there'll be like 99 great comments and then one annoying one that pisses you off and you only remember that one that pisses you off so like it's i mean it is what it is that's why i can kind of understand why some people get um swayed by it you know i guess i i kind of been through a lot in like a bunch of stuff so i just don't could not care less about it but um i understand why especially younger people like when charlie d'amelio was getting hit so hard by so many hateful comments um it was just so weird to me but also like it it was weird to me because it really shows how, um, I guess how mean people could be for no reason because they're they're just jealous of someone doing better or whatever. They're looking for any kind of reason to take her down, um, which is like shitty. But at the same time, it's like, I understand it because that's ha- that happens all the time. I don't understand. I, I would never want to be like that kind of person, but those kind of people exist everywhere. They always want to bring you down. Instead of pushing to get themselves up, it's way easier to bring you down to their level, you know? So gotta be careful of those, those damn comments. <laughs> Imagine if, if people talk to each other like those comments on TikTok in real life. Yeah, there'd be a uh, lot more fights, it'd be anarchy. Man, it'd be fucking crazy. Like, where, well, I was like, what the fuck are you saying, man? Like, Jesus Christ. No, no, you can't, you cannot have that. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fucking horrible. Yeah. So what is, what is Toronto looking like these days? I mean, I, I've been speaking to I've been, I've been speaking to some of my friends, but like they've all been telling me different things for like uh, what is like these days. You know, I'm I don't know, man. I've been Toronto. I'm in Mississauga. So for those that don't know, Mississauga is like um, I guess it's like the same thing. Out of Toronto. Same thing. Yeah. It's similar. <laughs> it's it's still locked down, but like honestly, man, like I've been really working a lot. Like I I put in a lot of hours. So um, I work from home. You know, I got my little my office here, and I just work here pretty much all day so even as it stands lockdown to me doesn't really mean that much only thing is it's so annoying because like on a saturday night i want to go out you know i want to go like chill somewhere with friends all that kind of stuff now it's getting like so much harder you know and that's annoying but it's also stupid because if i really wanted to we could just go um to oakville which for those that don't know is like 20 minutes the other way so toronto 20 minutes one way oakville's 20 minutes the other way I could just literally go to Oakville, which is not locked down, and do anything I want. So I think it's all. I think it's. I think it's silly to be honest. Um, but yeah, lockdown is is for a lot of people is really freaking rough. How do you think? Like, how do you think politicians went wrong during the lockdown? Like laws. What should they have done differently? Well, here's the thing. I mean, the evidence doesn't show that restaurants or gyms are the cause of the spread right mm-hmm. so why are they targeted you and i we, we met up for um we met up for lunch like right before we moved to calgary mm-hmm. right yes and if you remember the restaurant inside was completely locked down you couldn't have anything inside but um the entire mall was still open so how does that make any sense how can the mall stay open but the restaurant that's inside the mall can only do outdoor dining in like eight degree weather it doesn't make any sense so it, it's, it's kind of illogical in my opinion. There's no evidence that shows that gyms or restaurants are doing that. Another gym had an outdoor, um, they, they did outdoor workouts at their parking lot. I saw that, and, yeah. 
Yeah, and then they still they got charged with like I don't remember what they got charged with. They got charged. They got fined. Uh, people are outdoor. They're social distancing. They're wearing masks. What the hell's what's what's the problem? What more do you want? The dumbest right? thing I ever heard. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. How? Why can I go to Walmart and go shopping there, and I can't go shopping at a different store? You know, everyone's following social distancing. You know, now you're just putting everyone in Walmart, which is now like I, my friend was just at Bath and Body Works in a mall in Oakville. The lineup was so long to get into Bath and Body Works. I didn't know candles were so hot right now, but um, you know, like it doesn't make any sense in my opinion. Like, I don't know if the lockdown, the first one didn't work. Why is, why is the second one going to work? You know? Well, they got to do something, right? Like they have to do something, like whatever that might be. The, the, like the government can't, can't just sit still and do nothing, right? But one thing I found really interesting is, for example, Alberta has, I mean, Alberta is one of like the most uh, premier conservative places in Canada, if not the most conservative place. Is that right? I actually have no idea. I didn't know yeah. that. It is like they've been, they've been like a conservative government for like so long. Even they are closing schools down here. Like schools are closed down now. Mm. And in Ontario, well, they're open. I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. I don't know. So opening schools or closing schools, it makes a, there are pros and cons, right? So if you close a school and everyone gets, gets homeschooled, I mean, that's fine. But then you have kids that are underprivileged that have it a lot harder. They don't have a good internet. They can't keep up with the class, all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't have a good home life. So you have like, maybe abusive parents, stuff like that. You're home all the time. Your only getaway used to be school. Now you don't have that anymore. So that stuff is also the cons. I don't know how, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't study it. Like I said, I don't like politics. I don't like to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that as soon as schools opened, the numbers whew, shot up. And so I don't know if, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, if it sounds like a dog and barks like a dog, it's probably a dog. If that's, if, if it literally, as soon as they opened, a week later, the number shot up. You obviously can tell that what was the one variable? The, the schools. Schools. And they were still saying it wasn't because of schools. I'm like, are you guys that stupid? Like, really? Like, come on. Schools also, one thing is also it really hurts the economy because then you have all these parents that have to not work and they have to take care of their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things about it. Um and so I don't, I don't envy any politicians right now. I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. At the end of the day, if you lock down, half people are going to hate you. If you don't lock down, the other half are going to hate you. You, can't, you. you cannot do anything right as a politician right now, in my opinion. You can't win, man. You cannot. can't win. No. And it, it, it sucks, man. It's just because like they – and everyone's like, oh, well, they chose that life. It's like, yeah, well, but they're, all, they're also – they chose a life, but like they didn't choose the situation we're in right now. They didn't want to be in a pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. No one wanted this shit. And yet here nope. we are. Nope. And it's exactly. not going to be over. Man, I, I sincerely, sincerely hope that by, by summer 2021, this is going to be over. I mean, if we were, if we had to be in lockdown for another summer, I would just no, be. I'm not, bro. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to a country there's no lockdown. I'm just going to go chill there. Seriously, like, I'm not Fuck doing yeah. it again. Fuck yeah, man. Because, like, it's just, like, even at this point, it's like, man, like, like you're just so fucking bored. Like, you're fucking just, like, you don't realize how much you crave human interaction. Mm-hmm. 100%, you know, bro. 100%. I mean, I'm lucky. Well, I guess we're, I mean, this lockdown is a lot easier than the first one, to be honest, for me. Only because I'm kind of expecting it. I was expecting it. And also, like, um... I've kind of accustomed, got myself accustomed to that kind of life. So this one is not as hard for me. It's a lot harder for other people who literally, like I know people that spent 
hundreds of thousands of dollars outfitting their restaurants for outdoor dining in the winter. They're putting tents, they're putting um, heaters, all that kind of stuff. They spent so much money and they lost all of that because they can't use it. You know, so that's really hard. That's, those are the kind of people that, like, I'm like, that's why I don't agree with lockdown. It doesn't make sense. But um, with that being said, like, for me personally, I'm just, that's also why I wanted to get back because I know how lucky I am. You know, I'm very fortunate. I'm like literally in a very good spot. I mean, frankly speaking, between me and you, like, I'm, I do online marketing. I have like a bunch of Shopify stores, stuff like that. No one shopped outside. Everyone shopped online. My, my sales went up. You know, like I did a lot better actually because of because everyone was at home, you know? So it's kind of a function of just kind of being at the right place at the right time since I had online businesses. You know I mean? Anyone can do it. It's not hard. I'm actually coming out with a, with a uh, program to teach people. It's like a full coaching program to teach people how to run their own online business, um, how to run their own Shopify business. That's going to be coming out hopefully next month or so. Um, because it's like, I'm starting to see that anyone can do it. It's just people don't know that that kind of stuff exists. You don't have to go and like, you know, get a job. You don't have to do a nine to five. That, that life in 2020, you don't have to do that. The only reason you do that is if you want to do it or if you don't know something else exists, you know, but nowadays, yeah. I mean, nowadays you can sell anything online. No one knows, um, how old you are, um, what, um, what race you are, what sexual orientation you are, all that. Everything is just online. And it's like kind of a, a sense of, independence almost that you're not depending on anything or anyone except yourself and your own effort you know so um you know stuff like that is really i think important also for people to keep in mind that there are other things you don't have to be going out and working a job and all that kind of stuff you can do other things yeah dude it's just like and just like to to hear the people who have gotten like like people people such as yourself um other online creators or other businessmen online who have gotten and taken advantage of the situation we're in right now uh just making sure they grow and they can grow online instead of going and working in, in like a nine-to-five job just you can see them see them reaping the benefits of what they sowed years later and you're like man good for that person just like good for doing what they did let that long ago for starting for example like one of the best examples i can think of is uh, bob menery you know bob menery bob menery right no, I don't. guy who like does that like does like a sports sports voiceovers okay like commentates on like but like he does it in like a funny way okay yeah and he i didn't know about this like he's he, i think he has like around three or so million followers on instagram now and uh well when he was 28 was actually when he got like first discovered he nice. was he was living in his car in los angeles he mm -hmm. couldn't afford a place to live and one night, is, uh, as he details it in particular, he was sleeping in the back of his car on the streets. And it's like 3 a.m. And his car door opens. Someone opened his car door from the outside to rob the car, the, to rob the contents of the car. And he opens it, looks inside, and sees Bob Mennery laying in the back. In the back. So, you know, like covered up with everything. No and it's like, it's like just seeing that guy, seeing that thief, it's like I'm at the lowest point in my life, and so is this guy. Uh -huh. He's like, he's like, we just looked at each other and he just walked away. He didn't even do anything. He's like, just, that was one of the weirdest moments of, of my entire life is what he says. Jeez, that sounds insane. That is insane, man. It's just, it's crazy. And apparently one day he was at a party or like, it wasn't even a party. It was, it was like a video shoot and somebody there recorded him doing like a, like a voiceover voice. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Monday night football with Tom Brady. 
or something mm-hmm. like that. Just like talking. He goes to bed, wakes up in the morning, 300 missed calls. No way. Yeah. Because that video went crazy viral. By chance. Yeah, That's it was. Crazy, man. That is crazy. And then, and then he got picked up by like USA Today. He became the voice of like Buffalo Wild Wings, and it just mm-hmm. keeps growing and growing and growing. Good for him, man. I had no idea. I don't know. His, I didn't know his story. That's crazy. Yeah, and a, a lot of these, uh, like a, a lot of uh, famous creators, like famous uh, people, that many of them. Okay, I, I should say, I should say, many of them have very interesting backstories that I always like reading about. Because it's like, man, these are people who were struggling. Like they were struggling. They had yeah. it rough. Mm-hmm. But now, but now, look at them, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's true, man. Like I know, I know, I had my struggles back in 2016, and like I know, you just gotta fight back, man. You just gotta pump back and do your thing. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, um, it's kind of interesting to be at your lowest point. I mean, between me and you, like. Um, cause when you're there, I mean, you can look at it in a really negative way. I always look at it in a positive way. Um, like I actually, I don't like, I'm starting to talk about it more, but back in October of 2016, I actually did sleep in my car for 30 days. I, yeah, I couldn't like, um, wow. couldn't afford to pay rent. I, I had like this, um, basically I had no job. I spent all my money trying to run a business, failed miserably. Um, so it was Thanksgiving day of 2016 when I slept in my car. And, um, that was the first time I actually had to look for a job and I hated the idea of getting a job. I needed money now. So I ended up getting a uh, telemarketing job selling, um, solar panels. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah. So I just jumped on, I got this job right away cause I had already been in sales. Um, so I ended up getting this, um, getting the, um, the job and, Fortunately, I was able to make money uh, doing it. I mean, a little bit, not much. I was making like three grand a month, um, but it was enough for me to pay rent, get back, sleep in a bed. And, um, you know, from there, and I didn't tell anybody when I was going through it. No one knew, you know. Um, so that's kind of like, for me, I was, I kind of hit it a lot. I was really embarrassed about it, to be honest. Um, but that was in 2016, at the end of 2016. And then when things kind of bounced back and, turned around for me in 2017 and was even better 2018 was even better 2019 was even better 2020 I was like yeah you know I'm comfortable talking about it now because people can see that yeah a lot of people are in bad situations and are in really rough points in their life but when I was in my car when I was sleeping there are nights I'd literally cry myself to sleep but I always kept in mind that you know this is going to help my story this is going to be a good story in the future and I'm going to get past this because you know there's a certain point where you realize that where you are right now does not mean it's where you're going to end up. You know, where you are right now doesn't really matter. You know, you can get anywhere you want in life. You know what I mean? So um, being at the floor at the bottom of where you could possibly be is good because, you know, I could really just make a little bit and I'll be way more than I'm doing now. You know, so I'm doing so little right now. I'm literally broke, making zero, making negative money. So anywhere up, anywhere is up. Anywhere, That's the good thing about being very low. You can't really get that much lower. <laughs> At that point, anywhere is up. So I was like, okay, hey, I mean, it is what it is. I literally, it was cold at that time. So I was in my car, had a sleeping bag. <laughs> you know, I did it. It was exactly 30 days. And then um, I was able to uh, get my first paycheck exactly 30 days, slept in a bed. And I have slept in a bed every night since then. 
<laughs> look at you now, man. And, and and look at that. It did help your story. A few years later, look at Chris, man. He's just like in a whole different place than he was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. That yeah. first night you slept in a bed after sleeping in your car for 30 days. How was that like? I think I knocked out for like 14 hours. I was, I felt unbelievably happy, to be honest. It was the best, one of the best mornings of my life. Actually. Oh. Yeah. So that was really good. That was very rewarding, you know, to finally do that. It's, it's funny because people don't think of sleeping in a bed as rewarding, but it's oh, all my about goodness. perspective. Yeah. Dude, sleeping in a bed is absolutely, it's, it's one of the best things ever. I mean, if, <laughs> yeah. ima- imagine if, imagine if you had no bed for the, for like 10 years. Yeah, you know, like, damn, like, that'd be the worst thing ever. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been to like certain places in the world where their bed is the ground and their pillows like their cattle, like shepherds and stuff. I went to Ethiopia on like some kind of like I was looking to to start something in, in Ethiopia and I saw like the poorest of the poor. And it's also it's just all perspective, man. Like, even when I'm like when I was sleeping in my car, I had actually done this Ethiopia trip before that. And I had realized, like, you know, I'm not even, I'm not that unlucky still. Like, I'm still fortunate. You know, I'm still very, very, I'm still able to, like, have a lot of advantages a lot of people don't have, you know. And anyone, any human being, in my opinion, that's in North America, no matter what, you are automatically one of the luckiest people alive. You know, because most people are not in societies, communities, and, and, um, I guess, structures where we can do stuff that we can do. I mean, we can start a business tomorrow. You know, we could go and do things. We can make money. We can do our own thing. We don't have to depend on someone else. And we're also, thankfully, I mean, we're not dependent on like, you don't have to be dependent on the government and all that kind of stuff. You can do your own thing, which is what I love. You know, and that's kind of where, that's why my whole mentality is the way it is. Because I know that we are lucky and people that say we're not, people that say they hate where they are and stuff. You don't, you don't know what else exists. I mean, you know. Cause you know what it's like in like uh, in Turkey, you know, it's life here versus life in Turkey. I mean, obviously. Oh my goodness. Night so different. Exactly. Night and day. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, for example, like, like it's the first time you ever had to look for a job and you hated to look for a job. You didn't want to do it, but man, you could at least look for a job. You had exactly. that opportunity, right? You had the opportunity to make money then there. It's like, okay, you got to look for a job. Okay. Like you find a job scrubbing tables or like, you know, like, or, you know, just, cleaning dishes and you get paid close to nothing most times mm-hmm. exactly it's, it's, it's like it's sad. insane it's insane today literally just today i was just i just happened to see this um um this fact or whatever that was about north korean farmers bro they make one to two dollars a month it's insane i mean it's like we're, we're lucky man so at the end of the day we i think people have to keep that in mind no matter where they are in life no matter what their current law in life if they are able to even listen to this, like they have internet, that is automatically something that puts them above a lot of people. Because if we have internet, you can do online marketing. You can look for jobs online. You know, in Egypt, it's not as easy to find jobs online and stuff like that. Because I'm I'm Egyptian, so I know like my my family. Anytime we have to do something online, they're like, I don't know if we're gonna be able to find it. I'm like, what do you mean? You can't just Google it. They're like, no, that's not how it works here. Oh my goodness. You know. So yeah, I mean, we're lucky. We're very very fortunate. <laughs> And like that, like one to two, one to two, one to two dollars a day in North Korea. No matter how you cut that inflation or like you know exchange hey, bro, or whatever, it's, it's not going to be enough. One to two dollars a month. Oh, sorry. Yeah, one to two dollars a month. Month. Yeah. yeah. No matter yeah. how you cut that, it is not going to be anywhere close to enough. Mm. Like, oh my god, you can't make any money with that at all. Like zero. Exactly. 
exactly. You can't, how are you going to save money? Also, I didn't say this, but North Korean farmers, not only do they only make one to two dollars a month, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's communist there and they have to give all their um, crops to the government and the oh. government, they can't even keep their own food. So oh my goodness. They get, like, it's, so it's that bad. Yeah, it's like collectivism. I don't know. It is, it's terrible. It's terrible. I read somewhere that like like one of the biggest signs in North Korea of wealth is owning a rice cooker in your house. I did not hear about that. That's crazy. It's because <laughs> people can't eat. They like they can't afford to eat, man. Like that's just like something I never had to thankfully go through, and hopefully never have to, never will have to either. Exactly. There's I mean, so much to be thankful for. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like even when I when I didn't have anything, at least I was able to eat like fast food for like two dollars. You know, at least I had that, like that, that wasn't, you know, I had a certain amount of money for that and that was perfect. You know, at least I could do it. They can't even do that there. $2, that's a whole month. What the hell? Crazy. One thing I actually, one more thing I wanted to ask you about was um, something I believe uh, that, that, you, that, that you might know about this, about uh, Toronto's current uh, affordability crisis. As like, I mean, I don't know like if it's like, if it's like an official thing yet, the affordability crisis in Toronto, but like I'm just calling it that because I know there's a crisis there in Toronto. That like just like affordability, people can't afford stuff. Especially they can't afford to buy houses these days. Mm-hmm. It's getting harder and harder to buy a house. It's getting more and more expensive to rent out. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think is the like? What do you think Toronto will look like five to ten years from now, with the prices going up the way they are? You know, man. I actually don't, I don't invest in Toronto, just so you know, like I only invest in the States. My, all my real estate is in the States. Um, as a landlord, everything is better in the States. Um, and you, the returns are better. So I don't invest in Toronto. Um, with that being said, I know the prices, I don't know much about the prices during COVID. I don't know if the prices have been stagnant. Do you know, have they been going up? Still They've during- dropped a little bit. They have dropped a little bit, like house, uh, housing prices have dropped a little bit like in the yeah. past year because of COVID. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because not a lot of people are moving and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, my whole thing, honestly, between like between me and you, like just the way I'm, I, I think about things. Well, not really between me and you. Between me and you, and everyone, <laughs> is um, if you can't afford rent somewhere else, just go to a different city where you can't afford rent. You know, it sucks because you know a lot of people don't want to move from Toronto. If they like Toronto. They don't want to move from there. You know. But yeah, I mean, you went all the way to Calgary. <laughs> like you were yeah. getting amazing deals on on property there. On, on Absolutely, rental. man. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm saying to people, I, I'm saying to, I'm saying to people I meet here, I'm like, hey, listen, like, if you want to pay more for everything, move to, move to Toronto. No fucking yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the price of being in Toronto. I mean, it's the same anywhere. You want to go live in like New York? It's gonna be more expensive than living in like Buffalo, which is outside of New York. Well, it's the, that's the far outside of new york but you know what i'm trying to say right yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like the it, i mean my whole thing is look it is what it is okay at the end of the day um we can bitch moan and complain because we don't like how things are but us bitching moaning and complaining is not going to bring the pricing down you know we're not going to make that difference you know also i think it's a very very dangerous and slippery slope to depend on the government and hope that the government's going to do something Oh okay. my goodness! Yeah. Because yeah, I don't. I like. I don't think the government is good at handling anything, pretty much. <laughs> but um, that's that's a completely different conversation. Um, but what I always tell people is, look, you can, like I said, you can 
complain about all this stuff, but you're not going to get anywhere complaining. You're not going to get any, when people are protesting for not having to pay high rents, the way I see it is, is simply put that it's just better, a better use of your time and a better use long-term to go somewhere where you can, where you can start to do that. Maybe even hopefully save so you can start to do your own thing because you're never going to get rich working. You might get a bit comfortable, but you won't get rich working. And if, if people want to get there, if people want to do that kind of stuff, or more, more, not really, not really get rich. Get rich is the wrong word. I think if you want to get free, okay, get free. Yeah, because for me, it's never been about making money as much as it is about getting freedom. Okay, my whole life is all centered around freedom. All right, so everything I try to do, all always lends itself to. Is this going to make me free or is this going to make me trapped? Okay. And I have like, I'm scared of getting trapped. And if it came down to, um, you know, if I was living somewhere where rent kept going up, that's going to trap me. I'm going to not have any money to do anything else. So for me, I'm, if I'm renting, especially, I could just go somewhere else and that's fine. The laws here are set up in such a way that they can't increase it astronomically right off the bat, unless a new land, unless a new landlord comes in, all that kind of stuff. But Anyways, at that point, you as a tenant, you have the right and ability to move somewhere else. And that's, that's great, you know? Also, if housing is too high, is too high to, to buy in Toronto, there's housing other spots where you could buy, you know? And especially for me, if you actually wanna make a good investment, I don't personally believe that investing in Toronto is the best kind of investment, right? You're getting Why very is bad. That? Why is that, yeah. Okay. so. There are two kinds of investors when it comes to real estate, in my opinion. There's um, cash flow investors and capital investors. Okay, so as a capital investor, you're someone that wants to buy a house. Let's say you buy a house for five hundred thousand, and you hope that's going to go up to six hundred thousand, so that when you eventually sell, you get that profits, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a capital investor. A cash flow investor is someone that says, "Okay, I'm going to buy a house for two hundred thousand, but." I don't care if it goes up to 220 or 240. What I care about is the fact that every single month, my tenants are going to pay me rents that not only covers the mortgage and insurance and all the expenses, but also makes me a profit. Okay. So those are two sides. And when you're investing in Toronto, a lot of the time you're doing a lot of capital investing, which is not what I do because you're now betting that the market's going to go up and you only make money on that. If you sell, sell your property or if you refinance your property, pull money out and use that for other things, which I mean, it's not my strategy. A lot of the time when people are, rent, are renting in Toronto, land, your landlord is actually getting a loss. My landlord here in Mississauga, I don't, I don't own this property because I don't like buying my own house to live in. I like buying investment properties. It's a, it's a different kind of strategy. It's not, it's not the um, typical way to do things. But my landlord here, I know he makes a loss. And I pay a really? lot. He makes a loss. So... Um, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I know he is making, um, I'm not covering his mortgage, his expenses and his condo fees, but he's making money on the capital gains that he's getting from you know, the appreciation. Mm -hmm. That's not what I do. So I'll invest in New York or Texas or places like that, that have um, low housing prices, but high rents. So I can make buy multiple properties and I can get um, rent that covers up all that stuff and makes me actually a very good return. So that's the kind of investor that I am. So when I'm looking at people that are like scared about the housing pricing in, in Toronto and stuff, for me, it doesn't really, I don't understand why you get scared of it. I mean, it's either 
you worry about some so it's like it's like that thing can you can i don't know if you've seen this diagram where it's like um can you control it yes so why are you worried or can you control it no so why are you worried you can't do anything about it so it doesn't matter you can't do anything about the housing pricing but what you can do is move somewhere else to so do that it's okay probably get a better investment honestly <laughs> you know so that's my mentality behind that <laughs> That's good. I mean, yeah, like not everyone, like, you know, I would say most people like don't have that mentality of like saying, okay, it's not working here. Let's go somewhere else. They, they want to keep it, you know, like where they know they don't want to leave their city. But then again, like you said, there, there aren't many options. There really aren't. It's either, do you want to, can you afford to buy a house here? If you can't, you got to buy a house somewhere else, you know, if you or, buy, yeah. If you or you got to live somewhere else. Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you can get, that's the thing, man. People, people get so upset about things that they can't control. And that leads to so much stress. People, and, and that's, I think, a big problem in society now is that we kind of feel like things should always go our way and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot I of still work. feel that way, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, I wish everything went my way all the time. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You just got to vibe with it. You got to go with the flow. And if something's not working, you got to look at, okay, I'm not happy here. What do I have control of? And well, one you- thing uh, that like I realized, especially in Toronto, like it's it's kind of hard to gain your freedom in Toronto if you don't have uh, work like uh, continuous monthly income. The reason I'm saying that is because if you have, for example, like your income, a lot of it goes to expenses. Usually, most of it goes to expenses, especially if, especially if you're making like minimum wage in Toronto your expenses, like you can't afford to have a car, to have your own place, to mm-hmm. pay for all your subscriptions, Wi-Fi, phone service, everything like that you can't afford it. So automatically you're kind of restricted. Your freedom is taken yeah. from you. But no. again, in that situation, like you said, that happens, you go somewhere else. I mean, yeah, you're, that's exactly what I, what I would say. And also when it comes to minimum wage, um, you know, you're not supposed to stay at minimum wage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to have a minimum wage job. And then I just didn't stay at it. I looked for other jobs. You know, this is before, before I even graduated university. I graduated university with a civil engineering degree. I didn't work a single day as an engineer. Okay. <laughs> uh, even when I got a job, when I, after, cause I, when I got the telemarketing job, I never got, um, I didn't want to get a civil engineering job. If I got a civil engineering job, I knew I'd get comfortable and I was comfortable making whatever, 50, 60 K a year. After a year or two, maybe they bump me up to 70, 80, maybe 100, which is fine over time. But I'm like, I don't want that life. I know I have the work ethic. I could do a lot more. And so I didn't look for, I didn't even look for that. I looked for a telemarketing job because I knew I wouldn't get comfortable. I quit the job within three months and I did my own thing. Yeah, because I didn't, I, at, the, at that point in time, like I realized I wasn't where I was going to be for a while. I needed money now. That's why I did it, right? Um, but like, yeah, I mean, you're not supposed to stay at a minimum wage job. You're supposed to try to improve or you have your expenses super low where if you are at a minimum wage job, you're still able to save money in a way that you can now invest that money into starting your own thing. You know what I'm saying? So, or investing even if you want, can invest a bit in stocks and stuff like that. I mean, I think one of the big problems, a lot of the time people don't realize that they actually have control over their life. And they actually have control over what they can or can't do. A lot of the time people want to blame others, but really I used to want to blame others until I realized that, no, I should just, it's all on me. You know, at the end of the day, there are people that are doing great things 
and um, they're not blaming other people. They're figuring out their own stuff. They have 24 hours in a day, just like I do, you know, and they figure out their stuff. So why can't I? Bro, that is, that is some words of wisdom right there. It's actually a great one to end it on because we are coming up to the time here. Chris, mm -hmm. man, I want to thank you so much for doing this, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you, man. It's my pleasure. I had, a, I had a blast. I love talking about this stuff. So anytime. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming here. All right? We'll see you next Absolutely, time. Absolutely, buddy. Take care, buddy.